Welcome to this week's episode of Seen and Heard Industry Updates for the Modern Dairy Family. I'm Darby Toth, a Technical Field Services Representative with Western United Dairies. As you know, we're running an abridged version of the podcast through the holidays, but this week we are still excited to bring you a market update with Tiffany LaMandola, an environmental update with our Director of Environmental Affairs, Paul Souza, and a Snack Accelerator update with Jen Jambroni of CMAB. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. It was another active week in the dairy markets. Uh, We had two uh, reports. Uh, First, uh, we had a global dairy trade on Tuesday, and uh, results out of there were mixed. We did see some contracts gain some ground, particularly uh, skim milk powder was up uh, 2.8% to $1.27 a pound. Uh, However, cheese lost about uh, 3% down to $1.65. Results out of the GDT auction did little to kind of influence our markets here in the U.S. Uh, The next report we got was U.S. milk production for the month of October. It was another report showing uh, solid gains with U.S. output up 2.3%. That ties for the largest year-over-year gain um, since March. We saw a couple regions really pump it out. Uh, The Mideast was up 5%. That equated to about 2.8 million pounds a day, uh, which we figure will go a long way uh, towards filling the new plant, uh, the new cheese plant starting up there. California also piled on. We were up 1.2%. And probably more startling was uh, the continued gain in herd numbers. Just in two months alone, we've added 29,000 cows to the milking herd. So it looks like we've got plenty of kind of production potential in the months ahead. Um, With all that said, our markets uh, kind of remained under pressure. Uh, Certainly the milk production didn't do a lot to reverse that trend. Uh, We we lost a little more in butter, another five and a half cents to $1.3450. Losses in nonfat were were smaller, just a quarter cent to $1.0850. And the cheese market remained um, remained under pressure for sure. We actually slipped to you know 160 blocks and 140 barrels by Thursday. Um, however, we saw some buy side interest reemerge at those levels, and we boosted prices back up just a little bit Friday to close at 164.50 blocks and 142. 25 uh, barrels. It's possible that we are seeing some export opportunities kind of come back into the mix at those levels. And we suspect some folks are looking to rebuild supplies um, now that the market is broke, uh, particularly the hard Italian um, folks. So thanks for tuning in. I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Jessica with PG&E. 811 is a free service to keep our community safe. Before you do any digging, PG&E will mark your gas and electric lines so you don't hit them. Call 811 before you dig. To learn more, visit pge.com safety. Thanks so much, Tiffany. Now we'll jump over to Paul for a quick environmental update. Welcome everyone. Uh, This is Paul Souza with Western United Dairies. Uh, We recently had a board meeting where I updated our board on a number of environmental issues uh, that are current right now. And uh, so I wanted to share that with all of you so that everybody has the best information um, on what's happening on environmental issues. So 
Um, the first issue I brought up uh, was regarding the California Air Resources Board and their truck rule. Um, I've been getting some calls from members on this because of several reasons. One, the DMV started placing registration holds on trucks that are not in compliance with the ARB truck rule starting in this year, 2020. And also, um, the ARB has contacted me that they are starting this uh, truck inspection and maintenance program, where it's basically a smog check for trucks, where trucks will have to pass an annual smog check before they are able to be registered with the DMV. So if there's anything wrong with the truck, if there's a check engine light, or uh, if it's not running as it should, you would not be able to register your truck with the DMV until you got those uh, situations fixed. So a number of uh, members have called me. I'm working with them to bring trucks back into compliance because they had trucks in the ag extension, but you know trucks got lost over time. And so um, I'm having success there and getting trucks you know, back into the ag extension, but it is a little bit of work and I'm working with some members on that. If you need any help with that, give me a call. Uh, reporting season also is coming up here soon during January. For those people that are utilizing an extension, you need to report your odometer readings and I'm happy to help you with that. Sticking with the Air Resources Board, um, the Air Resources Board has also contracted with a company to fly around methane sources and track uh, methane emissions uh, and how much there is. So they're doing this research by flying a small uh, single engine airplane in circles around methane sources, including dairies and landfills and refineries. So if you've seen this recently, this is all wrapped up now, but uh, it's something that they have been doing between uh, Kern County and Stanislaus County that I'm aware of. Next, I uh, brought up a situation where a, a digester developer from uh, Tulare County was arrested on charges of fraud. This has to do with CH4 power. They were very aggressively marketing digesters in California a few years back. Many members would call me and say, hey, you know, is this legitimate? Um, and, you know, buyer beware, I think is the news here. Um, be careful what you're getting into. Look for a track record. We've got a lot of good digester developers in California. Well, I wouldn't say a lot. We've got a couple of them uh, that have a good track record of success and have built a lot of digesters. Uh, but beware of somebody that comes in that has no track record, uh, hasn't built any digesters, uh, can't show you anything, uh, you know, or, or have a, a dairy farmer that you can talk to about their experiences. So uh, buyer beware. Um, you know, there's, you, you have digester developers to choose from that have built dozens of digesters in California, but beware of anyone cropping out of the weeds um, that, you know, hasn't built anything yet. Next, I moved on to uh, Central Valley Regional Water Quality Control Board issues, and they're uh, continue to go after lagoons that uh, are in areas of shallow groundwater in Merced County. I've talked about this before. This was just a little bit of an update. Uh, the Water Board sent out letters to about 71 dairies in Merced County where the groundwater is shallower than 10 feet, asking those dairies to prove that their lagoons don't go into groundwater, don't intersect with groundwater. Some dairies have installed temporary monitoring wells to determine uh, if their lagoons in fact intersect groundwater or not. Uh, we're having conversations with the Water Board. I'm engaged with them on a regular basis. Uh, and you know this is a learning issue because it's not written in the regulations. It's a new direction that they're taking. And one of the new things that they found or decided is that lagoons that expand by more than 20 or 30 percent uh, as far as their footprint uh, when viewed from above are going to be considered a new pond and then would have to be designed with a synthetic liner. 
So we're engaging with the water board on this because this is not written anywhere in uh, regulation. They've just kind of determined that. And so we wanna make sure that they're making the right determination because that difference could be a difference of hundreds of thousands of dollars of cost to a dairy that was trying to remediate their lagoon um, and go from a deep pond to a you know, wider, shallower pond with the same capacity. Sticking with the Central Valley Water Board, uh, my next update was about the CV Salts Management Zones. These are uh, well on their way. Their management zones are you know, pretty much developed. The early action plans, which is the first deliverable of the management zones that's due on March 8th, are well under progress. Uh, and there's good engagement by dairy producers. The Central Valley Dairy Representative Monitoring Program has assigned dairy producers to uh, watch their local management zones and participate in those. And so uh, those are happening and just for you to be aware of that. The next thing on CV Salts is that the dairies in priority one management zone areas received a uh, nitrate control program letter, CV Salts letter. There is another letter, the CV Salts salt letter uh, regarding salt applications or salt loading to, to groundwater that is supposed to go out in the next couple of weeks. So be on the lookout for that. And not everybody, not just in priority one areas, that's gonna go to all permitted facilities in the Central Valley. So if your dairy is a member of the Central Valley Dairy Representative Monitoring Program, this issue has been taken care of for you. And that should be stated in that letter saying that if you're a member of the CVDRNP, uh, there's nothing you have to do. Uh, we didn't get that same deal for uh, bovine facilities that are under the bovine order, like, for example, dairy heifer ranches. You may have a heifer ranch that's under the bovine order, and that same deal doesn't apply, although work is being done to make that happen. So hopefully we're able to do that, and if you have a bovine facility and you're a member of the CVDRMP, uh, you know, hopefully we'll make that an easy process. But at this point, that's not the case. Next, I talked about rendering. Rendering is a, a real issue that we're seeing with uh, dairies uh, and the cost of that going up and its lack of availability due to only having three rendering plants left in California if there's a breakdown. So we're working with Ag Council, CDQAP and Cooperative Extension on solutions to this rendering issue. Our mission here is to continue to push this issue until we have a turnkey set of options in emergency situations that give dairies cost-effective legal solutions. So um, it's been, a messy uh, project so far, pun intended, but we continue to work on that and hopefully we get some relief uh, from dairy producers having to pay these really high rendering bills and then not even getting service at times when the rendering plant breaks down or when it can't handle all the mortalities uh, on a dairy. Uh, next, I talked about the tricolored blackbirds. Uh, Western United Dairies is a partner on an RCPP grant uh, that provides funding for dairies that have to delay harvest when tricolored blackbirds nest on their fields. I got a call from some of our partners and from NRCS um, that there may be some changes coming to that program. We're still looking for those details and so we don't know what that all looks like yet. But nesting season is just around the corner starting early next year, maybe March. So um, we have some work cut out for us to work some details out and hopefully, um, you know, have a good level of funding that makes it worthwhile for dairy producers to participate in that program. Next, I moved on to the uh, DMI Sustainability Awards. Uh, Sustainable Conservation's uh, Manure Subsurface Drip Irrigation Project won a sustainability award for DMI recently at their sustainability conference. 
this came from a conservation innovation grant where sustainable conservation installed these systems on three dairies with the goal of saving water and improving nutrient management. Uh, these dairies saw a 35% reduction in water use and a slight increase in the yields of the corn and winter forage with the, these systems over um, a control uh, field. Uh, this practice has been added to the NRCS practice list with an 80% funding level in the short term. Uh, this won't stay forever. It's uh, kind of a, a short-term good deal right now. So if you're interested in that, you might want to get down to your NRCS, NRCS office and sign up for that uh, and get 80% funding for that. The reason I mention this is that Western United Dairies uh, was a partner on this project. We worked closely with Sustainable Conservation, uh, the dairy farmers and Netafim and others to um, make sure the project was successful and to outreach dairy producers that they were aware of it. Sticking with uh, DMI, uh, I next uh, let the board know that I am holding a webinar on December 10th on DMI's net zero initiative. Um, I hope that uh, our board members and all of you listening can join us on December 10th at 11 o'clock. Please watch our newsletter, the update, for links on how to participate in that. But I am hoping that we get uh, a lot of participation as this is something that DMI has adopted for the national dairy industry. And uh, I'm not taking sides on it. I'm just wanting to get it out there in front of our members so that uh, folks can know about it. Whether you're a member or not, this really isn't a um, you know, one trade association versus another issue. You can invite your friends to this, uh, other dairy producers. All California dairy producers should be aware of what is happening at the national level with this. And then I moved on to uh, CDFA methane awards have been recently announced. Uh, they funded 12 digester and 13 amp projects. Uh, the funding had been reduced from what we originally anticipated uh, by 25% due to uh, the impacts on the economy and cap and trade, which provides the funding for CDFA. This means that we got 20, about $25.5 million for this round instead of the $34 million that we were uh, originally allocated uh, for livestock methane reduction. So uh, if you didn't get funded, you know, I mentioned the ones that did and those uh, dairies are very happy with the program. There were a lot, unfortunately, because of the reduced funding levels that were not, that, uh, don't be discouraged by that. It was very competitive with, you know, very little funding and a lot of applications. And so I encourage you to, you know, hold on to your application. Maybe we can dust it off uh, for future rounds. So that is uh, a bit of good news for those folks that were awarded that and are moving forward with projects on their dairies. The last thing I did bring up was that uh, I am now doing the uh, milk check comparison uh, program that Western has started. I was trained by uh, Annie on how to do that and got her spreadsheet. And so dairy producers are providing um, the copy of their milk check, they can block out the name of the dairy and specific information to the dairy, uh, but it does need to show what the pay prices are in component uh, levels are in the milk. And for the folks that do provide that, then I am providing back a comparison so that um, those dairies can see what the different processors are paying in comparison to each other. So you can see if your processor is paying more or less than um, the processors that your neighbors are shipping their milk to. Um, that's all. Um, discretionary, you know, nobody sees who submitted information. You just get to see uh, what one processor is paying uh, compared to another one. I think this is very important given 
uh, the move to the federal order and the um, variation that we're seeing in milk checks, which has become quite large this year, given the variability in milk pricing uh, and the ups and downs that we've seen in the market. So if you have any questions on that, you can contact me and I can um, let you know how that moves forward. Yosemite Farm Credit is the farmer's choice for agriculture financing. As a farmer-owned cooperative, we are dedicated to serving our neighbors in the agriculture community with financial products and services tailored to your operation and backed with the relationship you can trust. Whether you're purchasing real estate, making improvements to the dairy, or wanting to purchase or lease equipment, we're here to help our members prosper. Visit our website at yosemitefarmcredit.com to find a branch location nearest you. Thanks so much to Paul for joining us to bring us that important environmental update. Next on the docket, we chat with Jennifer Giambroni of the California Milk Advisory Board for the big Snack Accelerator winner reveal. We'd love to welcome back to the show our friend and California Milk Advisory Board Director of Communications, Jennifer Giambroni. Welcome, Jen. Thanks, Melissa. It's great to be here. Yeah, thanks for coming. We have some exciting news we've been hyping up on the podcast, the very exciting Snack Accelerator program. And today we have a winner to reveal. Yes, we're, we're super excited. We had our Snack Accelerator finals yesterday with a live pitch event with our four finalists. And our winner is Peekaboo Ice Cream. So wonderful flavored, super premium ice cream made with hidden veggies. I'm excited. That was one of my top two uh, favorites. I, I love ice cream. So that was a good, good choice for the winner. It's pretty exciting. Um, and Peekaboo Ice Cream wins a huge prize along with the, the notoriety of winning the contest. Absolutely. Well, all of our semifinalists, so we, we went from 76 entries down to um, actually expanding our semifinals because we had so many great entries to eight savory, eight sweet, then we went it, winnowed it down to the final four. And um, so Peekaboo was one of four competitors. And it's a, you know, it's a wonderful product. It's, you know, super premium ice cream, hidden veggies, all the things a parent would want um, when their kids have a snack, you know, really clean ingredient label because we know dairy is at the heart of ice cream, of course. And great flavors. I mean, they, you know, chocolate with cauliflower, you'd never know, vanilla with zucchini, and then beets in a cotton candy ice cream, which uh, is really, really delicious. And this gorgeous, you know, bright, you know, kind of hot pink color, which is great. Yeah, I love that color on that cotton candy beet flavor. And it's just, it's exciting, you know, using vegetables in such a versatile way, but it still complements well with the ice cream. And like you mentioned, parents can feel good about giving their kids ice cream that's also good for them and not just a sweet treat. Absolutely. Well, and created in these nice little snack sizes. Definitely. And that's really, you know, this prize. So the grand prize winner receives $200,000 in support to bring their product to market. So it's not a blank check to go spend any way you want. It's really focused on building scale for that product. And of course, all of that product will include real California milk from our dairy farm families. And we know it's a great category. So it's introducing these minis that will go into so many different marketplaces from convenience stores, regular grocery, you know, think about international markets for it. And it's really, because of the snackable size, it's kind of that indulgence you feel good about. It's got veggies, it's delicious. 
And it's, it, you know, I, the ice cream category is one of those categories that continues to grow. We've taken a lot of solace in ice cream over the last uh, last year with our shelter in place, and that's not going to go anywhere um, anytime soon. Well, that's super exciting. The, the runner up was the, the cheese bits. Am I right about that? Cheese bits, yes. And these are really yummy. I was eating them while watching the comp competition yesterday. So they're premium cheeses. Uh, they're doing a scamorza and then they're doing this other cheese and I'm not gonna try to pronounce it because <laughs> I've never heard of it before, but they just started making it in California. And uh, they're really yummy. They're doing a natural smoke for them, which is really good. I mean, they're, 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 they come in like three sizes. So they have a pearl size, which is the little tiny bites. Um, and then they have one they're calling pots, which I love because oh, it I makes like you think of something you can use for poutine, right? Yeah. Um, and then they have the strings and it's great little packaging. Um, and they're still working on that. You know, this is a really a, a newer concept. It's something they were doing in Europe and they wanted to bring to the United States. So have a little bit of a premium snackable cheese. So a little bit higher end than maybe a spring cheese but something that still appeals to both um, parents and kids. And then they teased out a kind of an extension of this, which I'm super excited about. And that's animal shaped versions okay. of these cheeses. So you think about animal crackers only yeah. on the side of things. And I love it. So the innovation behind it is amazing. And so they won $100,000. And again, this is all towards, you know, bringing these products to market with the seal using California milk. And even with our two other um, some, or other finalists, so we this premium chocolate mousse. I mean, it was decadent. It's beautiful. It's you know in this glass jar, it is right now using California milk. It's something that's made in the in the San Francisco Bay Area. So Petty Poe mm -hmm. is a, a product we know um, you know will continue to grow as our you know our our appetite for desserts and you know any anything that we can do in a snackable version. So it's that it's kind of that indulgence that we can feel good about because it's not a huge size, but it's definitely, you know, very short ingredient label because of the dairy in it, very delicious, lots and lots of flavors. And then even the flavored paneers, you know, these are really interesting products. Um, there's a lot of growth in that market. And, and uh, Satch is the only company that is actually making flavored paneers. So okay. it's an area that they can really own. Cool. Well, I think the whole contest, the, the Elite Eight and everything leading up to it was exciting. I like the Shark Tank style. It seems like the Snack Accelerator has just grown in popularity and um, obviously in contestant base over the years. So we're excited for this program to continue and keep bringing these great products with California Dairy to the marketplace. I love snacks. So I'm, I'm all about this kind of a thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that it's the perfect category. You know, we went from the milk accelerator last year, really focusing yeah. on fluid milk innovation and snacking was the, the best transition, honestly, sure. you know, you think about dairy fits into snacking in every category, whether it's sweet, whether it's savory, whether it's, you know, better for you snack or super, super indulgent, you know, there's really no flavor or style of snacking that dairy isn't a good fit for. And, and it definitely was reflected in the number of entries that we got, the type of innovation that we saw. And, and honestly, we'll continue to work with all 16 of our semifinalists to see what we can help um, with their transition to marketplace. You know, we wanna see more and more of these products with the real California milk seal. Perfect. Well, thanks so much, Jen, for joining us today on this Friday and, and giving us the update on this exciting process. I, like I said, I was just 
glued to my screen for that. I did. I missed yesterday's finals, but I did see the competitions leading up. It was pretty exciting. That's awesome. Well, we were really excited, uh, you know, to to do this on behalf of our California dairy families, and to really be able to showcase some innovation using their products, and and hope to be able to do a lot more of this. Awesome. Well, thanks, Jen. We'll we can't wait to hear more about these kind of projects in the future. Take care. Thanks. A huge thank you to Tiffany LaMondola, Paul Souza, and Jennifer Giambroni for joining us for today's episode. And also a big thanks to all of our listeners and members. Remember to reach out to us with questions, comments, and content requests. You can email us at wud.pod at gmail.com or Darby or I, I'm Melissa, M-E-L-I-S-S-A at wudairies.com. You can reach Darby at D-A-R-B-Y at wudairies.com. And remember, we'd love it if you would rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform. We hope you'll join us next week for a very special Thanksgiving episode of Seen and Heard. Until then, take care and be well. While West United Dairies respects the varied views of our podcast guests, Please know that views expressed on Seen and Heard may not necessarily reflect the positions of the Western United Dairies Board of Directors. Thank you to Western United Dairies' generous 2020 business sponsors. Gar Bennett, California Dairy Magazine, Farm Credit Alliance, FNR Ag Services, Moss Energy Works, Bennett Environmental, PG&E, and Yosemite Farm Credit. We appreciate our sponsors and thank them for their continued support. If you'd like more information on how to sponsor Western United Dairies or this podcast, please send us an email at info at wudairies.com. That's info at w-u-d-a-i-r-i-e-s.com. Thank you.